0: this by reminding us that God has a purpose for every relationship. Every single relationship that you are in, there is a purpose, there is a reason that you are in that relationship. Some relationships have a specific reason, and that is the only the only reason, the only thing that you are in that relationship for. There are other relationships that are for a season, and in that season, there will be purposes, there will be reasons within that season. And there are some relationships that you are to be in for a lifetime, and know relationships there's not just one reason often there's many reasons that you would be in that relationship but we have to make sure that we recognize that that not all relationships are for a lifetime not all relationships are even for a specific or certain season um, but but every relationship has a specific purpose. It has a, 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 a reason that you are in there. And relationships are vitally important to God. I mean, th- this is extremely important to God. All the way back to Adam, when he looks at Adam and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. We see that even Jesus had friends. Um, the disciples were his friends. John says, hey, I'm Jesus' best friend. Now, whether he actually was or not, that's a whole different theological conversation. But according to John, he was Jesus' best friend. We know Lazarus was Jesus' friend. And we also know Jesus was a friend to sinners, which is really interesting as well. Um, and Jesus even said the most important thing for us as Christians to do is love God with everything that we have. And then he goes on to say, but there's a second thing that's just like it and really, really important, and that's to love others even as you love yourself. So today, we're going to take a look at three purposes of healthy relationships. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20.
1: And we're going to look at one of the most powerful friendships in the Bible of Jonathan and David. So 1 Samuel 20, starting in verse 8, we're going to read 8 and 9. And it says, therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? Now, this is David talking. At this point, Saul has now flipped the script on him. He is now coming after David because he realizes David's anointing is making room for him. He's becoming more and more popular. He is now on the run for his life because Saul is trying to take him out because Saul feels threatened. Saul is Jonathan's father. Jonathan is in the middle because Jonathan knows David's virtue. He knows his heart and they are best friends. And so David is like, he came to a point where he could talk to Dave, uh, Jonathan without Saul knowing. And that's what he says. If you think I'm guilty, if you think I'm really doing something wrong as your father has accused me, then you can just kill me now. And verse nine reads, and Jonathan said, far be it from you. If I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? The first thing or important I would say, purpose in a relationship is to be known. Everyone wants to be known. Do you see me? Do you know who I am? And once you know me, do you also accept me? And here in this passage, we see that Jonathan could say clearly, we are best friends, and guess what? I know you. I know your character. I know who you are. It's unfortunate that he also knew his father's character and knew he couldn't be trusted. But he said, I know you. Now, the thing about being known, it sometimes can feel like a double-edged sword. When you're known by someone, sometimes it can create a security in you, a strength. And then other times it can create an insecurity in you. If you know that you're a person of high integrity, character, things like that, the things that we see called out here in David, being known by someone, there's no fear there. There's no true fear. I would even say earlier in relationships, whether dating or married, there's a security. Why? Because that person recently accepted you. They either made either in a dating relationship or newly in marriage. We, there's a security here, a strength. We are together. But then as time goes on, sometimes the worst parts of you become known. And in that it can create an insecurity in you. And sometimes, especially, I would even say especially with men, where the, if there's an insecurity in you, then you can tend to have a knee-jerk reaction. Your flesh wants to rise up and protect you from being known further. Hey, I gave you a part of me. You saw this negative part of me and you woman or whoever it is. Now you're treating me different. Now you're treating, you're trying to punish me. I feel judged by you. So now, even though I'm known by you, this insecurity is starting to rise up. I now have a flesh reaction to it, whether I'm pushing you away, reacting or whatever. And it can go both ways. What we want to do is grow in God so much to where we are known and secure Our flesh is not running the show, so we don't have to have these negative reactions and interactions with each other. We can be known, and it can be a positive thing. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 4. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. And here's the power of being known and loyal. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, See, God even acknowledges there's work in everything. There's not going to be a relationship ever created that you don't have to put effort and work into. And then verse 10, it says, for if they fall, meaning the friends, one will lift up his fellow. There's purpose, as Pastor Evan mentioned. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no, not another to lift him up. You know, something that I have found so interesting in relationships, especially in marriages, is when one person may fall, meaning, now I'm not talking about cheating or anything that extreme, but when one person is having maybe a downward slump, they may be fighting depression, they may be going through something with their family, maybe the job is giving them a hard time. That other person in relationship, whether friends, married, whatever, should be able to pull them up. If you are not in a circle of friends or people that cannot pull that can't pull you up, you have to evaluate what are they taking away from my life because they're not adding. They're not adding. They're either taking you towards or away from your purpose who you're supposed to be in God. So here, when it specifically says that one is there to pull the other one up, it goes on to say, again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Verse 12, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three cord is not easily broken. My last point before we transition to the second, the number two purpose in relationships, guys, is whenever you are married, the Bible says you become one. And so now that you are one, there may be times in your relationship where you have to join to another as accountability, as counsel, as therapy. Here the Bible says specifically, That if there are two, then they cannot be easily torn apart. But now you've become one. And so now your second may need to be a support. And sometimes marriages and relationships, you feel like you can't go talk to someone else whenever you hit a sticking point. But it's most important that you do. If you hit a point that you cannot overcome, meaning it's creating resentment in your home. Resentment leads to so much. It's the downward spiral. If you have begun to resent the other person, you try to talk to them and you can't work through it, you need to join to another to lift yourself up, to lift your marriage up. Amen.
0: That's really really good. It reminded me um when when Adam sinned in the garden and and he says I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid because I was exposed. So so to be known, we all desire to be known, but to the point of it can either create security or insecurity, there is a portion, especially with us guys, that we want to be known, but maybe not want to be known completely. Because because if you know me completely, then you see some of those flaws, I might be exposed, And therefore, um, that creates all kind of issues, especially within guys. And I mean, this applies to ladies as well. Um, Hence all the makeup and high heels. No, 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 no. But for us guys, I kept it good right there. I was I could have said hair I've been
1: working hard trying to get my makeup right.
0: It's it's amazing. It is amazing. You you have nailed it. I mean
1: You know, I saw this meme the other day. Not just
0: today, but like all the time. They haven't got our
1: personality this morning yet. I saw this meme the other day Uh and it says that any woman that's trying to tell me how to live my life and her eyebrows are crooked, I'm not listening.
0: I don't think that's in the scripture. I don't think I got to get it right. I I like the one, I like the one though of, uh, of, um, what is it? Either my house can be clean. What what was that one?
1: Oh yeah. Either my house can be clean. No, only one of us can look good. Oh yeah. The house or me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we all want to be known. I don't know how that, (laughs) we all, we all want to be known but there's many of us that only wanna be known up until, up until a certain point. And, and in relationship, in the relationships, especially where God is asking you to be vulnerable and to open up and be fully known, you have to be willing to trust God to open up and to, to allow that to be the case. Now that is not the, the situation for every one of your relationships. Right, But as God leads you, we all need to allow ourselves to be open and to be known. The other side to this is in a relationship, we also need to be the ones who are knowing. We need to be the ones who are getting to know our friends. Like think about the conversations you have with your friends, is it all about you? Are you just waiting for them to be quiet so you can tell them about you? Are, are you just are you are you really genuinely concerned and interested in them? Are you asking them questions? Are you finding out things about them? Are you learning about them? Are you knowing? But you're them? not
1: being nosy.
0: That, yeah, you're being the, you, present. All right. Yeah, I don't know. May- I could come across nosy because I get really interested and I I don't mean to be nosy, but like, I want to know, like, how, how did this happen? Where did you, and, and and yeah, some of that is probably personality because, because I would love those conversations. Just tell me your whole life story. I would, I would love to hear all of it. And Pastor Priscilla's like.
1: High level, high level details. yeah, Yeah. And as the Lord leads, I'll pry.
0: And, and as you are knowing and as you are being known, one of the things that's really important that you see in Jonathan speaking to David here is that he doesn't judge him. When, he, when he's saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with you, you don't, you're not in the wrong here. He's not saying that you're perfect, because if you're known, then the people are going to know that you're not perfect. But it's about being in relationship and being known without being judged, and that also goes the other way of you being in relationship with people and, being, and knowing them without judging them. See, if you can only be in relationship with someone to the point where you find out things that you don't like and therefore you're no longer friends with them, then that's a problem, not with them, but with you. One of the things when we were dating that I, was, that I would look for is, could she keep a female friend? Because whatever is, it is... That,
1: that was a bomb drop right there. If you're girlfriend spouse whoever don't have any same-sex friends i mean like can't, or can't keep them can't keep a female relationship you know what's gonna happen y'all gonna get married and then you're gonna be like man we need to hang out with some other people you know since you don't want me to have all these female chicks that's my friends too while we married
0: amen Ain't nothing we, good from
1: that. Ain't nothing good going to come from that. I'm just letting you know. So we need to hang out with other couples. But guess what? She, she got an integrity problem. She catty. She can't have you. So that means y'all never going to click with no couple ever unless there is change, which leaves you isolated in the house.
0: And then the other part of that, too, is if she is getting to the point where once she gets to know somebody enough that she becomes judgmental to them and they can't keep their relationship then guess what's going to happen to you? At some point, she's going to know you at that level. And I'm not saying that she will judge you, but, but she's, she'll struggle with it. And it'll be an issue.
1: That's why when you're single, there is purpose in everything God is trying to mold in you. Everything, even coworker relationships. There is purpose to everything he's trying to work out and work through you.
0: So Jonathan and David had this friendship. They had this connection where they knew each other, but they weren't judgmental to each other. Go down to verse 17 in 1 Samuel chapter 20. It says, And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. The second purpose of healthy relationships is to be loved. So we all want to be known, and we all want to be loved. Jonathan and David, they loved each other as, as friends, but in this, when you read through this chapter and really through the next several chapters, you see uh, David is on the run from Saul and Jonathan is there for him. He is his friend. He's not only knowing him without judgment, but he's, he's loving him in a, in a, in a friendly way. Um, Jonathan here, he was risking everything for his friend. And David, he was putting all his trust in Jonathan to be able to have these interactions and these connections and being able to share these things with each other. And we all have this need to be known, to be loved. And to not be judged. And when you think about at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when Paul's writing this letter and he's he's describing love and he's telling you all this stuff about love. And at the end he says there's faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That that love is so important, not just to us, but to God that he's saying that it is greater than faith and hope. That love is that important. In 1 John 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. The scriptures repeatedly instruct us to love one another, and and here we're told that love is from God because God is love, and therefore our need for love is really about our need for God because he is love. So we cannot say that we love God and we don't love other people. And so if you say, man, I love God, I just don't get along with other people, then, then you got some growing to do. You, you got some adjustments to make. There needs to be a level of connection vertically, spiritually with God, but there also must be connection horizontally with friends, with people that are here with us today.
1: The ultimate gift of love was Jesus being given as a sacrifice for us. There is no true love that happens without sacrifice being loved is one thing, but being able to give love is another. Now to break that down, I, what came to mind was the five love languages. So there's a book by Gary Chapman, came out so long ago. It's been a top seller for at least nearly a decade now. But it talks about five different ways that every individual feels love the most. Here they are. One is receiving gifts. A spontaneous gifts that may make one person feel loved. Another is quality time, undistracted time. Your kids are the same way. They're going to have one of these five too. Touch, quality touch, meaning they're a hugger. They're a, you know, touch, whatever. That's my opposite. It's my number five. Next is acts of service. So this is, I need you to do something for me. You do something for me. That makes me feel loved. And last is words of affirmation. You tell me I'm great. You tell me I did a good job. That makes me feel so much love. Telling me you love me makes me feel loved so what I want to challenge us is even though we may know which one is our top love language for us do you know your friends do you know the people around you how do they receive love most out of a marriage relationship like your closest friends what is it and sometimes they're not in your same state but if they got a, a spontaneous gift from you would that make them feel loved like man if they give gifts a lot, that's probably number one for them, right? If they give quality time, hey, let's go hang out. Let's meet up. Let's, maybe that's what makes them feel most loved. So, yes, receiving love is great. Being love is great. But you also want to be, like Pastor Evans said, the person who gives love as well.
0: And that becomes the part of the sacrifice part. Because many times what we do is we give the love language that we want, and so if your friend is always, like, like we have friends that are always giving us gifts. It's amazing, it's great, it's awesome. It's not really our first love language. So what we've- We we got to get better. Yeah, we do. That's, what, that's kind of the point of where I was going. It's like they give us gifts and it's great and we're, we've really come to realize like that is their love language that is not really ours, so we don't think to give them gifts like they plan. think. I mean, it's like every time we see them, they got a gift for us, and we're like, "Oh."
1: I'm not gonna
0: remember. Thanks. To even...
1: Oh.
0: Is your touch love the maybe gifts. touch? Hey, yeah. yeah no, the, the gifts are amazing. It's just Man. we've realized like that's theirs, and we probably don't and do I a good job. I to say they loved it. Yeah. Loved the gift. Yeah, the gifts be, are great. Oh my gosh, but, it was amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, go over to 1 Samuel chapter 23, and if you read through um, these these chapters here, really what you're hearing is this journey of David trying to escape Saul. David's running from Saul. Saul's trying to get him. Jonathan's kind of in the middle of this. He's going from place to place, trying to make sure that he stays alive, and Jonathan's trying to help him and protect him, and all the while, um, Saul is chasing David down, and then we pick up in, in 1 Samuel chapter 23.
1: And let's go down to verse sixteen. And it says, "And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish, and strengthened his hand in God." Hold on, real quick.
0: You yes. just read that like it was easy. You just oh, pronounced Horesh? that. Yeah. Are you good with those these Old Testament you names? Know, we and... gonna,
1: are we going to get Pastor Evan his muscle up with all these Hebrew names? We're going to pray and get his muscle up on his Hebrew neck? Yes. I
0: mean, that was kind of easy, but you just read it like it was no. It's no... only
1: two syllables, you know.
0: Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Verse Go ahead.
1: 17 says, and he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. Now, what's so powerful in this is the first time David ever heard he was going to be king was not in this moment. It was when he was a young boy and a prophet came to his house and anointed him king. At this point, he is a grown man and still he has not seen what God promised him he would have. But his friend is reminding him what? You will be king. I know you're running for your life. I know you are trying to stay alive and your focus is only on survival, but I'm reminding you that you will be king and I will be right there with you. Hang on. The third purpose of a relationship is to empower you. And I know that that word is said all the time, especially in this ministry, because it's a power, a part of our mission, but to feel strength in a relationship, there is nothing like it. There's nothing like being in a relationship, friendship, marriage, whatever have you, where you know that person has your back. I will never forget uh, early in our relationship. No, I think we were still dating, and I I totaled our car. So, actually, I think it was just your car. car. Yeah, my car. That's right. Yes. We were in college, you all. My car. And I think it was like after our fourth breakup, maybe something like that, yeah, in college. And so I was driving his car, and this is when cell phones just came out for everybody. Ooh, we getting up there, Hud. Anyway, so I, you know, reached for the cell phone that had just slid into the car as I'm driving over an overpass trying to turn. Anyway, long story short. It slid
0: into the, the. It
1: slid into like the median, and I totaled a vehicle. That was my first one. Now, when I called him.
0: Y'all caught that? She said, first one. First. Not only one, she said, first one.
1: You know what? And God loves me, and I am known by Him.
0: And you are loved by and him. And I am
1: loved by him, but I also have strength from him because you know what? I called him and I was like, I'm crying and I'm just like, I just destroyed your car. I haven't even got out yet. And his first response to me was, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm talking, but I need you to know this car because the space I had come from, even mistakes were punished. So when he said, I don't care about the car. I need to know that you're okay. The first time I had ever truly learned that strength and acceptance and love in a relationship. Isn't that crazy? That the mistake wasn't punished, even though it's something I could have prevented, but being able to accept folks even when they make mistakes, valuing what's really important the person. That's where the strength comes from. See, relationships are designed to actually help you. They're designed to help you. And some of us may come from maybe dysfunctional homes as I did growing up. And you're trying to rid yourself of the residue from what has happened. And those future relationships, God will use them to do just that. But sometimes it does mean that you will get stronger in certain areas in your life, but it will come through conflict. It will come through conflict. A tragedy or a situation and that's where you learn to develop the right habits and the strength you need in order to to truly be who you need to be in God and release the trauma from what happened to you as a younger person
0: that's good and and that was genuine but had it not been genuine that would be what you call game (laughs) but it was genuine it was genuine I was genuinely interested in, in how she was doing, even though... In
1: the second car. I
0: really did love that 1989 black Honda Accord that was, had speakers in the back and this fancy radio. It was.
1: He always had big old radio systems. He was that dude. He would have had hydraulics if you let him. No.
0: Hydraulics was over to... No. but But I did get a ticket or two for playing Music Too Loud. That has nothing to do with any of this. The third, so be known, be loved, be empowered, or be better. Um, we see this throughout the scriptures. That, how about the men who carried the lame man to Jesus? Like, those are some guys who are interested in, in being making their friend better, being empowering to their friend. Um, Jesus even raising Lazarus, who we talked about, was one of his friends. Uh, friends are also there to empower you to stay on track and not get off track. In James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, it says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Another one is in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17. It says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And so whoever you're connected with, whoever these relationships are, whoever these friends are that you have, they will sharpen you. And sharpening not only makes you better, but it makes you more dangerous. And the issue becomes, is the one sharpening you making you better and more dangerous for the kingdom, or are they making you better or more dangerous? You can fill in the blank there. Right, And so so friendships, they're important. They have a purpose. Um, friends are also there to pray for you. James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And the last part of this, being empowered by your friend and you empowering those that you're in friendship with, is friends are there for you at all times, especially in the difficult times. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So these relationships that you're in, these friendships especially that you're in, they have purpose, they have reasons. You should be known and you should be knowing. You should be loved and you should be loving and you should be empowering and also being empowered. So we want you to to not only consider the relationships and the friendships that you're in, but we want you to step back and evaluate how good of a friend are you being. Are you knowing, are you loving, are you making better, are you empowering those that you're in relationship with or are you the one that it's all about you and you're only interested in getting these things as well as not just giving those things because if we're gonna live this life, we're called to live it together. God wants us in relationship and when we're in relationship, there are things that these relationships should do for us but there's also things we should do for others in these relationships, amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. We want to make sure that... Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.